What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Verse Church podcast. This is a message from our Sunday morning service recorded live in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Enjoy. We're in this series that we've been calling Living Sacrifice. And as soon as we opened Romans 12, we saw a switch that Paul makes in his subject matter. Paul goes from 12 chapters of theology, 12 chapters of talking about who we are as humans and who God is in his sovereignty, to then talking about the practical instruction on how we live our lives as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And so when we made that switch, we, we kind of put it under this series title of Living Sacrifice based off of Romans 12.1, where Paul says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And so... Even though we're now in chapter 14, we're still, every Sunday, we're talking about this idea of sacrifice, this idea of worship, this idea of of presenting our lives. Paul says bodies, but he means everything you are, your lives, as, as a sacrifice to the Lord as true worship, and then what that looks like. And so we've talked about uh, relationships. We've talked about our time together in love and honor, honoring the government, honoring uh, paying taxes, what we do with our money, all these different areas of our lives where we can worship the Lord by going, all right, Lord, I understand I in my flesh want to do one thing, but I am going to do a different thing because you have called me uh, to, to lay my life down for others, to, to, to sacrifice what I want, my desires for your will. And so in this way, we have moved forward and we will be kind of closing that up this morning talking about sacrifice. The word sacrifice, we've talked a little bit about it from the perspective of David and how he said to the Lord, he said, I I won't offer you a sacrifice that didn't cost me anything. When he was getting ready to buy a piece of property that he was going to give to the Lord and someone wanted to just give him the property, he said, no, 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 I, I need to pay for this because a sacrifice needs to cost something. We talked about it costing something and it was very interesting. I did a little uh, word study on this word sacrifice because I was like, man, I wonder if Paul is using a different Greek word, maybe something that I just wanted to make sure what we were talking about here. And an example of where the same Greek word is used is in Ephesians 5.2 where he says, and walk in a way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now there, there's an example of what this word sacrifice, when Paul uses this, your bodies as a living sacrifice, it's the same word that Paul uses to say that Jesus gave up his life as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God for our account. That's heavy, right? Okay, so that's what we're bringing forward uh, in this uh, series as we close this morning. Paul is answering this question, how do those who follow Jesus, and now that we've received this great mercy from God, how does that affect our lives? 
And last week we talked about Romans 14. Paul introduced this idea of sacrifice in our liberty. He introduced this fact that we have liberty in Christ. And we talked a little bit about how that can get misconstrued, what that means, what that doesn't mean. But Paul is talking to a group of believers, a church here in Rome, that was a mixed group of people. They were Jews and Gentiles. Um, there were people with different backgrounds. There were people with uh, pagan backgrounds who met Jesus. And all of a sudden, this is very, very different than their world previously. And there are people with a Jewish background, which uh, they meet Jesus and they go, okay, what do I do with Levitical law now? What do I do with these traditions passed down from the prophets? And, and it's, you know, Jesus is the uh, fulfillment of all this prophecy, but then how do we live as Christians uh, this new life in Christ? And so Paul wrote to them and he said, you have liberty in Christ. You don't have to live by those Levitical laws anymore. You don't have to live by uh, those, the sacrifices because Jesus fulfilled that. You don't have to live uh, by the uh, holidays anymore that you lived by previously. But you can. You have liberty to do that as well as long as it doesn't become legalism. As long as you're not trying to add that to your relationship with God in order to earn favor with Him. And so that's what we talked about last week, and it plays right into the rest of uh, chapter 14 that we're going to look at this morning. And that's such, such a uh, relevant issue to our, our church today. The application is a little different. The context is a little bit different. Um, but within our church body, we have people with different backgrounds. We have people with uh, different upbringings. We have people with different traditions. We have uh, people uh, that want to look back towards different traditions, say, um, back towards the tradition of, of Israel in, in, uh, before and during Christ. There are people that are still trying to keep the Sabbath, still, still trying to do these things, and, and it can create tension and division in our church and in our midst because we look at it and we go, well, I don't understand that, or my, my upbringing is different. And these are things that the Bible doesn't explicitly lay out as this is how you should live. Because the Bible has plenty of clarity on issues that are important. There's plenty of issues that are, hey, this is how it works. This is darkness. This is light. In adultery, in uh, murder, in stealing, in, in taxes even. You know, we talked about that. In all these areas, God says, this is how you are to live. But there are areas in our lives that are areas of preference, areas of I eat bacon, I don't eat bacon, I eat meat, I don't eat meat, oh, whatever it is in your life that is not explicitly laid out in scripture that can cause division. And so what we're going to look at this morning is for the sake of the body of Christ, what do we do with our liberties? For the sake of, of unity, what do we do with our liberties? Now, we are calling this message sacrifice in community. We're going to see Paul address this community and address our community uh, in, a, in a way where he says, as the body of Christ, take that idea of sacrifice, of living our lives as a, as a living sacrifice, and then apply it to your church, the body of Christ, your community, wherever you're living. Mark 
10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So as we look at the community and we look at Paul's teachings, we want to also look at what Jesus did, Jesus' example. And this was Jesus' example here. He said, I didn't come to be served. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords, is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He could have come to be served and, and put on a throne and, and put on a pedestal. And, and he said, no, I didn't come to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Romans 14, 13 says, Therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one it is unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. Whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and everything that is not from faith is sin. Chapter 15, verse 1 says, Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weakness with to, of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Paul, in talking about our liberty we have in Christ, now wants to clarify what we do with it. And what we do with it, we see here, is that we want to make sure that we're getting along with the body of Christ and not hurting others. And with our liberty, we can hurt ourselves and we can hurt others. We have enough freedom in Christ to, to hurt others. We have enough freedom in Christ to, to hurt ourselves. And so Paul says, in our freedom, we need to make sure that we're submitted to the will of God as well. And he starts where he left off last week, where he says, therefore, let us no longer judge one another. That's the, the whole key to this uh, section on liberty and living in community and living together is, is to make sure that we're not judging others. That's our first application point this morning. No longer judge. 
in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus helped us by uh, understand this um, by, by telling us, Matthew 7, verse 1 through 3 says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Paul is saying, before you start judging other people, make sure that you and your relationship with God is right. Make sure that what you're doing is what God would call you to. And this is, in our day, so prevalent that, and so easy to do. I could have called this message uh, Facebook etiquette or social media eti etiquette, right? Because it's so easy to look at what everyone else is doing and, and that heart of judgment can rise up really quickly as you're scrolling through your feed, right? You go, oh, what, what are they doing? How dare they do that? How dare they spend the money on that to take that vacation or whatever? It can be just the littlest thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, big theological ideas. It doesn't even have to be things that the Bible addresses at all. It can be, well, they should be doing this. They sh if I were them, I would do things differently. And all of a sudden, that, that heart of judgment comes up. And Paul says, don't, don't bother your time with that. That will take away from you serving the Lord. As you scroll through that feed and you're looking at what others are doing, worship God for what he has done in your life. Worship God for the relationships he's given you. And our culture is set up to exactly do the opposite of that. Everyone is looking at what everyone else is doing, and it's really, really, really hard to keep from judging others or judging what God has given us and feeling discontent. And so this may have been uh, prevalent and uh, a good, important word for Rome, but it's a, it's a good, important word for us as well as we look at our cultural context and we look at our world and we see that, that this judgment is eating away at the church. So let's, let's get some freedom from this. Paul says, what do you do instead? Instead of judging others, instead of spending your time judging others, he says, instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. So Paul calls a, a new action to occur. He calls us to do something different. Instead of judging, he says, fill that time with looking at your own life and making sure you're not stumbling others. You're not digging a, a hole that they will fall in by your life, right? And, and this is all within the context of Romans 14 at the beginning of the chapter, right? Because we, we study these in blocks, and we kind of chunk it up, and uh, just for sake of time, and uh, you don't want to listen to me preach 23 verses, uh, I guarantee it, in, a in succession, because it would go long, because I get really fired up. Uh, but, so we chunk it up, but Paul was sitting there writing this down, and, and his thoughts were going through the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit was prompting him. Um, and, and so one thought led to the other, right? And so at the beginning of chapter 14, he says, Accept anyone who was weak in faith. But don't argue about disputed matters. 
He says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the one who is weak eats only vegetables. Now, who is the weak, weaker vessel in faith there? The, the, the one who is limiting what they eat. The one who is relying on, on legalism and rules. Now, it's fine if you want to just eat vegetables. That's, that's awesome. But if you are eating only vegetables to please God, then there's a problem with that. Because when God looks at us, Paul has made it clear, he, in Christ, he sees his son Jesus. Our, our, we don't have to do anything to receive salvation except for come to Christ in faith. Right? And anything we add on there to, to receive extra, extra blessing or extra um, you know, salvation, it, that, that is legalism that, that God doesn't want us to do. He doesn't want to add us to add. And Paul was very, very clear. He said, he said, Jesus has fulfilled the law. Why are you trying to still live the law? You're set free from that. You're set free from the bondages of the law, and you're set free from the bondages of sin and death. So don't live either of those lives anymore. Live the way Jesus tells us to live. So that's the, that's the fulfilled covenant is found in Christ. And so when we look at this context, we see um, when, when Paul is saying, don't put a stumbling block or a pitfall in the way of your brother or sister, he, he wants us to see two things here. We can either um, discourage someone and, and beat them down with legalism, and that can cause them to uh, go astray, or we can do something to entice them into sin that God has called them not to do. So stumble has that two, those two different meanings there. And, and so a lot of times uh, in our cultural context, this gets thrown out as um, something that you're doing that's causing someone else to sin, which is true. If someone has a problem with something you're doing, and you're flaunting it in front of them, and it's a temptation for them that God has spoken them, to them not to do, um, then, then that's going to cause them to stumble. If, if someone has a clear conviction that they shouldn't eat bacon, and that seems like a silly example in our, in our day and age, but that's what Paul is dealing with in this culture. The, the people who were raised Jewish did not eat unclean foods, unkosher foods, which included uh, bacon, which included lobster, any of these things that in Levitical law, it says, do not eat. And they, many of them were still eating that way. They were still eating um, kosher meals. They weren't mixing any, any dairy with any meat products. They weren't, in, and in this day and age, a lot of the meat that was sold at the market was first offered to idols. And, and you couldn't tell what the cheap stuff was the stuff that was already offered to an idol. And it was like, it was done like this. It was like they'd, the meat, the butcher would like kind of do this kind of ceremony and they'd offer it to the idol and then they'd take it to the, um, the market to sell. And it wasn't cooked. It was, it, there was some, it, everything was fine with it. It had just been part of this ceremony. And so Paul had to deal with that. And he said, look, if, if you don't know that it's sacrificed to idols, just eat the meat. And if you know it's sacrificed to idols and that bothers you, then don't eat the meat. And so this, these were things that in our day and age, they seem kind of funny, but in their cultural context, it was dividing and tearing apart the church. 
You see? And so if, if in this context, if eating bacon in front of someone who, is, who feels a strong call to not eat pork products is causing them to sin, then Paul is saying, don't, don't do that. Don't put your time into doing that. And there are so many examples that we would have to just think of in our own lives, right? We can't go through every single example because all of our lives and relationships are different. But in your life, if there is something that, that you're doing that is causing someone either to run towards legalism as the answer or run towards sin, then Paul will say, cut that out. Don't, don't do that. It's, it's really simple, uh, but, but he gives us some good application along the way. He says, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one, it is unclean. Right? Paul is saying he knows that he can eat meat to the glory of God. But if he goes over to someone's house that doesn't eat meat because they're like, hey, this, I, I really just have a strong conviction about this meat that might have been sacrificed to an idol, so I, I don't feel cool with that, Paul's not going to bring his steak over there and, and eat meat in front of them. He's going to, as he would say, be all things to all people. He's going to, to lead with love. So he says, stand by your convictions. If God has spoken something to you, stand by that. And if God has spoken to you that, that we have freedom in these areas of, of food and drink, then, then stand by that. But don't put it above other people. Don't put it above loving others. It's really interesting here. As I was thinking through this, I was like, man, you're talking about community and you're talking about uh, the body of Christ and the church and, and how we all work together. Aren't there more important things than just food and drink? And, and I started like going application-wise, starting thinking about, you know, how we live our lives, how what we, um, you know, what we consume in media. There's, there's a thousand different things that we could, that Paul could have put in here. But isn't it so telling and, and so simple that he would use food and drink as the example here? How many of us are, are, we live our lives based off food and drink, right? And how many times do we, when we're eating, we're eating in community. We're eating with people. We're eating with our family. We're eating with our coworkers. We're eating with people who come over to dinner. Food and drink, really, community really revolves around food and drink in a lot of ways. And so it's so awesome that, that God sh took this example of just something so simple to, to give us a principle for how we live our lives in a broader context. And we can apply this to things like how we live on social media. We can apply this to how we live in the workplace. We can apply this to things like how we are at the beach or on the tennis court or on the golf court. Not a court. <laughs> I'm not a golfer. <laughs> Sorry. Course. That's it. Course. Golf course. So we can take this example of food and drink and then apply it to our broader lives. Paul goes on to say, if, you, if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat 
someone for whom Christ died. Now that is a, a strong, strong statement. We can destroy someone who Christ died for by what we eat, by the decisions we make. We can lead people into uh, temptation that they fall to sin through by how we live our lives. That's, there's a responsibility there. And, and we as uh, modern day believers, a lot of times we don't like to look at responsibility. You know, like, oh, I don't, I just live for Jesus and I don't have any responsibility to anyone else. Like, that's a common thing that people say. Or the, the idea that, well, my relationship is just between, with God is just between me and God and it doesn't really have anything to do with anyone around me. That's false. It's, it's, it's not biblical. The Bible over and over again states that how we live our lives for Christ affects the, the community of believers around us. Right? And it should, right? Paul, if, if he were writing this to a bunch of people that were not in community, were not going to church, were not a part of the body of Christ, meeting together communally and having meals and, and um, getting together and, and doing life together, this wouldn't apply at all, right? Because if your life is, your relationship with God is just between you and God, it, it, you don't offend anyone by your actions, right? Because it's just you and God. But Paul wanted to make it so clear that we are, first of all, to be gathering together in community, and then to make it clear that when we do that, we're going to rub elbows with people. We're, we're, we're going to rub people the wrong way sometimes. And, and when we rub people the wrong way and we realize it, how do we respond? And what he's going to say here is our application point number two is live by the law of love. This is the law that he gives us. He says, live by love. You see it here in uh, verse 15. He says, For a if a brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Okay? He says, when we are in community, our, our life is supposed to be flavored by walking in love for others. And a lot of times we, we like to walk, unfortunately, we like to walk in pride in community. That I am right God has spoken to me, and I can have liberty and freedom in Christ to, to live in these ways the Bible has not shown us that we're not supposed to live. Right? And so we walk in pride in that. And, and Paul says, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to stop judging others and live by the law of love. And the law of love goes like this. If it's hurting someone else who's, who's a brother or sister in Christ then don't do it. Sacrifice. That's where the sacrifice comes in. Lay your desires and your freedom, the ability that you have in Christ to walk in that way, lay it down at the feet of Jesus and don't do it when they're around. Now, Paul's not saying don't do this ever, but don't do it. This is an idea of flaunting it in front of someone. If someone has a problem with you eating steak, don't eat steak in front of them, you can eat steak to the glory of God with people who eat steak. It's not, Paul's not trying to set up a legalistic system here where he says, just don't do anything that offends anyone ever, right? Because that's not possible. 
But what, what Paul is saying is to the best of your ability, walk this out in love for your brother or sister in Christ. And that's how we live in community. That's how we have unity on these things. This is sacrifice in community. And, and I say sacrifice, and, and we might think, well, that's fine. I, I'm good with that. I'll just not do these things in, in, at any time when I might offend a brother or sister in Christ. But sometimes that will take sacrifice. That will take laying down what we want to do for the glory of God. And that hurts. That's hard because our flesh and our pride wants to rise up and go, I, no, I can do this. It's my right. right? But, but what God is saying is, is, I have called you to something different. Just like the example of Jesus. I, Jesus had the right to be put on a throne as soon as he was born. He had the right to be lifted up and, and rule over the whole world. But he said, no, I, I came to serve others. I'm, I'm laying down my life for other people. So that's our example. We lay down our lives. He says, therefore, do not let your good be slandered. And we don't really use that word slander too much. The, the New Living Translation puts it this way, and I like this. He sa- it says, then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. So if you walk in love, if you, if you lead with love, and you live by this law of loving others over yourself, then when you do something good, what you believe is good, if you believe eating bacon is good, then when you do that, you won't be criticized as long as you're not flaunting it in front of people who it's harming. There are things in our lives that God speaks specifically to us to say, hey, I don't want you to do that anymore. I'll take social media, for example. There are people who are like, I need to take time away from social media. I need, God has shown me that it's, it's rotting my soul. And that seems extreme, but that's kind of, for some people, that's what it does. And, and so for someone else to then harp on them and go, well, I'm, God, God didn't say we can't use social media. I'm, I'm fine with social media. You should get back and try and convince them. Oh, no, you should do that. That, that would be sin. Right? That would be harmful to someone else. And so this is, but for you, if you feel confident that, that you can do social media and be on social media to God's glory... Then, then for you, it's not sin. But just don't flaunt it in front of someone else who is. They're all just specific examples, but we can all think of things in our own lives that, that God has uh, either spoken to us that we have liberty on or spoken to us um, that we should not do uh, and, and apply it in that way to our own lives. Paul uses food and drink here because it's so common, um, but it's, it's important to say, okay, w- Lord, where in... My life, am I not submitted to you in these areas of freedom and liberty? Paul goes on to say, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Amen. That is amazing. For some of us, that is the kingdom of God we're living. We say, Thank you, Jesus. I, I, you've set me free. I'm, I'm saved. Now I'm just going to eat and drink to your glory. That's all that this life has eating and drinking and living life, living for this moment, living for whatever it is, living for this life. 
There are, there are a lot of people who, who are in churches and who have given their lives to Jesus and then just all they're living for is this life. And that's so sad. What does Paul say that, that the kingdom of God is? He says, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to be living towards. Not living towards food or drink, not living towards what this world has to offer, but, but living towards righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, which also tells us that living towards this world doesn't offer those things. Right? Living only for food or drink, only for social media likes, if we're staying good with that, living only for what we can get in this life will not bring peace, joy, or a right standing with God. Now we know that, in our, intellectually we know that, right? But look at your life and see, does your life say that? Does your life speak that to other people? That you're living for joy in the Holy Spirit? Or are you living for joy that this world offers, which is fleeting and, and deceptive? Why do we do this? Paul says, it's not worth it. He says that as we live for food and drink, we will only hurt other people. He says, whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and, and receives human approval. So if we live for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, he says we'll also gain human approval as well. Now, this isn't universal human approval because we know that as we live for Jesus, we're going to make enemies. He made enemies, and, and we're going to have enemies as well. But what, what Paul is saying is that if, as we live for Christ, we won't be hurting other people. We won't be hurting the body of Christ if we're focused on uh, joy and, and peace and righteousness. Whereas if we live for food and drink, we have the ability to hurt and destroy other people in the same community with us. He goes on to say, So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. I... This leads to our third application point, which I put as use bricks, not bombs. That may seem extreme, but as we look at the text here, we can see that with food, we can destroy things, like we talked about, right? What destroys things? Bombs destroy things. Have you ever thought of what you eat and the decisions you make with your life as, as the possibility to be a bomb in someone else's life? To, totally, to blow up and totally explode someone else's life and, and their view of Christ and their view of, of God and how he relates to them, that's, that's a heavy responsibility. Right? But Paul says that we can be bricks. Now let's look at that. Where am I even getting that from? He says, so then let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds one another up. Bricks build people up build things, right? You just take bricks and you, you put them together and you can build a whole church. You can build a house. You can build a place where people can meet and fellowship and bring glory to God. And our lives are the same way. 
as we walk in love towards other people, we actually have the ability to, to build them up for God's glory. We can, we can lift their spirits up. We can encourage them. We can say, hey, I see that God has spoken to you this specific thing about whether it's what they eat or, or what they wear or, or what they drink or how they live on uh, a, a social scale. And they say, okay, God has spoken this to you. Make sure it doesn't become legalism, but I want to encourage you in this. I won't do anything in my life to, to break you down or to try and convince you otherwise or to flaunt my freedom and my liberty in your face. So we can build people up in it. And then he says, do not tear down God's work because of food. What a silly thing to tear down God's work over. But how often do we look at someone's life and judge them and then go, well, I should say something to them about this. Right? I, should, I should let them know that, that what they're doing is not what I would do. Right? Paul's saying there's freedom and God speaks to, to people about these things that are not spoken of directly in Scripture differently to different people. Because God knows our hearts. God knows what we can do. God knows if you can handle social media or if you can't. God knows if you can handle a, a situation where you're speaking into someone's life. Uh, but may, maybe you can't. Maybe you can't handle a, a, a situation where you're in a workplace where there's a lot of bad influences around. And maybe God says, hey, I don't want you there. I, I need you here with, with people who will build you up and other Christians who will lift you up, right? I, maybe you're in a, a group at school where God's like, hey, I don't want you hanging out with that group because I know your heart and I know it's being corrupted. I know you're being tempted. So I need, I need you. I, it's, I understand that you have liberty to hang out with whoever you want, but I, I've spoken to you that, that you need to hang out with this other group, right? What do we do when we hear that word of the Lord? What do you do when God tells you to do something? You do it, right? Yes, you do it. it there's no questioning. It's like, okay, Lord, I, I see this in Scripture. You say to do this. I do it. What do I do when God, holy through the Holy Spirit, convicts my heart of something? I do what he tells me to do. It's so simple, but we get it wrong so many times, right? Because it's like, God spoke this to me, but I don't know what to do, right? What do I do, Pastor? You do what he told you to do. Awesome. Very simple. So use bricks, not bombs. We want to build people up. We don't want to destroy them for the sake of something as silly as food or our preferences or how we live. He says, it is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine. Or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. A lot of people take, will take this verse out of context. And they'll say, oh, okay. The Bible says, don't eat meat, don't drink wine, don't do anything that makes a brother or sister stumble. And like we talked about before, it's not possible to live our lives in a way that offends no one. Right? But what Paul is saying is it's a good thing to lay down your preferences for someone else if you know that it's going to stumble them, if you know they have a problem with this area where they're going to be tempted towards legalism or towards using their liberty in a way that God has called them not to. It goes both ways here. So 
So Paul is saying it's a good idea for the, for the stronger of the group, like he has mentioned before in verse 14, that the, that the stronger person of the group is the one who is living by faith and not by legalism to say, I am going to lay down my desires and my liberty and my freedom in this moment because I'm walking in love. Not because of legalism, but because I'm walking in love. I will lay this down and I will not do this. He said, that's a good thing. That's not something you have to be ashamed of. That's not something you have to say, well, I have the right to do it, so I'm going to do it. That's not God's heart here. God's heart is that he, he, it's good that we would lay down our right to show love to someone else. And that's the way we can build people up. And then he clarifies. He says, whatever you believe about these things, keep them between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Paul's saying, this is between you and the Lord. If there's something that God has spoken to you about, that you have liberty to do, and you know other people are, are struggling with it, don't go around yelling it from the rooftops. Don't go around flaunting it. Don't go around maybe, maybe sharing it on social media is a bad idea. I don't know. It's between you and the Lord. But don't go out in the world and, and, and flaunting this idea of liberty because it's between you and the Lord. And what does he say? He says, if he, blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Right? As we go and we share with other people our liberty in, in Christ, we can end up condemning ourselves by what we're approving. How do we do that? We hurt other people. We draw other people to, to temptation. We draw other people uh, to a place where, where they're so tempted that they end up sinning. And then that hurts the body of Christ. Now, we're, we're talking a lot about social media. I don't usually do this. But this verse spoke to me. What we put out there about what we approve and what we don't approve, it, it affects other people. And it affects how other people feel about us. It's very interesting that they didn't have social media in this day, right? So in conversations, how did you approve of things? It was like one-on-one -on -one or maybe to a big group. But it wasn't to the world that something that lasts forever. Do you know that whatever you put out there on the Internet, it doesn't ever go away. People can find it. It, it's, it never goes away. Right? And so that, that adds a little bit of weight to what we put out there. That adds a little bit of weight to, to what we're saying and what we're approving of to the whole world. Right? Now, I'm not going to give you specific application, but this is maybe something that you pray about. Maybe something that if God speaks to you, hey, like, tone it down. Or, hey, speak more for my glory. Or speak more for these things. Or, that's, uh, these are personal things between you and the Lord. But that might be an area of your life that, that needs checking. I know for me, I, I, I want to be very careful with what I uh, approve of, especially since I represent Verse Church, what I approve of to the world, <laughs> right? Between me and the Lord and my family we, and, and our church, we, we have things that God has spoken to us. Like I 
am on social media. I wasn't for a long time. I'm not that good at people make fun of me about it. But, but what, what I don't want to do is to make these blanket statements that it ended up hurting other people because of what I'm approving of. So, talk to God about that. All right. He says, but whatever, whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And everything that is not from faith is sin. So if God has spoken to you something that you should not be doing, if you're doing it, then you're not living by faith. You're living by sin. Right? If God has shown you something in your life that says, hey, stay away from this. And then you, in your life, you go, well, I know I have liberty, but I know God has spoken to me to stay away from it, but, but I'd like to dabble in it. Then you're not doing, you're not living by faith. Even if it's something that makes sense, right? From a world standpoint. Like, like, we'll stick with social media. If, if in your life it makes sense for you to be advertising yourself on social media, if it makes sense marketing your personality on social media, but God has told you, hey, this is an area that, that is only going to bring you bitterness and judgment and heartache and pain. And, and you go, well, it makes sense from, people say I should be on there. And, and, and then you jump into that you're not living by faith because you're not living. If God has spoken to you something, then that's what's going to be best for your life, right? And so if God has speak something to you, it takes faith to know, okay, God's in control. I'm not in control. God's in control. And that takes faith. And that's how the Bible calls us to live. It's not based on what's best for us, but what, what God has spoken to us will be best for us. Our final application point is live for others. 15 says, Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weakness of those without strength. Do not please, and to not please ourselves. You see what happened there? Paul switched from you, from saying you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, and he included himself in it. He says, Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weakness of those without strength. So if we have liberty, if we're strong in our faith in God, if, if those of us who in the body of Christ, we, we are a, a, a mature believer who has walked with the Lord for a long time and, and seen a lot of things and God has spoken to us in a lot of ways, and we've changed, and we are living more like Jesus, and we're encouraging others. It's not just between us and God. Our relationship with God has a responsibility to help the body of Christ. We have an, an obligation to, to those who have less faith. And what is that obligation? Is it to tell them they're wrong? Is it to judge them and to tell them that if they were stronger Christians, they would be living in more freedom? No. It's to walk in love. It's to show them an example by laying your life down for them. By saying, I live for others. I follow Jesus' example of being a servant, of laying my life down 
for the people I love that God has called me to lay my life down for. That's how we live in community. See how different this is than much of modern Christianity, much of modern culture? We tend to want to live our Christian lives uh, in an individualistic sort of way. And that comes from just our culture as a whole. The culture that Paul's writing to in Rome, they had a very different idea of community. Right? The family was a tighter unit. It was a broader unit. Uh, the, the idea of church and, and community and, and, and where you were um, was a, a much broader net of people. Now we, we have this very uh, individualized idea of community where it's me and my f- tight-knit family and maybe a few friends and maybe my church, maybe not. Maybe I just go to church. Maybe I'm not really in community with those people. Maybe I don't really know other people outside of my small group of friends, right? Paul is saying, no, this, the community that you live in is, is the body of Christ, it's the whole body of Christ. And so you have a responsibility to those in the body of Christ to lay your life down for them. Man, now to me, that is challenging. And I love how he finishes this. He goes, not to please ourselves. He doesn't say yourself. He says not to please ourselves. Paul goes, I get it. We, we want to to live in this world and do things that make us happy. We want to eat bacon. We want to be on social media. We want to eat steak and, and uh, eat what vegetables if that's what God has spoken to us. We want to do these things. And, and, and we want to please our desires of our flesh. And he says, don't do that. Sacrifice in community. Sacrifice those desires for the sake of love, for the sake of the obligation of, of helping those who are weaker in their faith grow in faith. That's our challenge this morning. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Verse Church podcast. We're stoked that you joined us. We would like to invite you to join us live Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For more information or to give to this ministry, visit www.verse.church.